0: hey what's going on everybody and welcome to this esports life a uh, vlog maybe serious who knows it's just going to be a video for now just so that i can get used to doing more vlogs because that's what i want to do and try to not knock down some of the topics that maybe other people you guys want out of me you guys in the comment section you guys who are the fans of mine or communicate with me on twitter like myself, anyone. Right. And I realized one thing that's super difficult as somebody who's in front of the camera, somebody who's in front of the camera is understanding what I should be doing to answer the needs of people who are watching me. So I used to watch a lot of, I've watched a lot of YouTubers get really big. And I remember thinking after watching them, this guy, how come he isn't making this one video? This one video would really complete the package in this series. This one video is a question that I swear everybody wants to know the answer to, but for some reason, he's not doing, why isn't he doing this topic? Why isn't he making this kind of video? This type of video, he's the best at. He would kill this. And as soon as I started making videos, I realized that it's really not that cut and dry. It's actually quite quite difficult to see through the interference in that way as somebody who's behind the camera like in a position that i'm in where you have so much exposure to different opinions on what to do and what not to do that it's hard to prioritize what is the best thing to do first and then you get lost in all of the different things and uh, all the different aspects of work that you have to i mean i don't just make youtube videos right i cast events i stream daily i uh I do a lot of different types of content. I'm always talking to people and have meetings and preparation. I'm traveling and so it's just like, uh, it's, it's a whirlwind, right? But it doesn't look like that from the outside. It looks very simple from the outside. Like all this guy has to do is make a video about ants. I heard him talk about ants one time and he is honestly an ant connoisseur. Why doesn't he just talk about ants more? Everybody wants this. This guy knows all about mounds, the different ty- fire ants. He's a specialist. He really understands this topic better than anybody else and can speak fluently about it, but doesn't do it. Why doesn't he do it? And that guy is thinking, I talked about ants one time. That went pretty well. But I, uh, you know, maybe I don't really like ants that much. Maybe I don't really understand how much people liked that I talked about ants and that I was actually that good. So it's important to have some, some kind of communication. Also, just throw your ideas out there. But anyways, what I decided to do for today is to just run through some quitter question. The the question that I blasted out was in simply considering vlog topics, go. That was a tweet. So from there, I'm just gonna run through a few of these questions and we'll maybe just keep this short. I think one of the big things is sometimes if you take on a project that's too, you set yourself up to do like a 40 minute vlog video, then you have set the bar. You know, for everybody who is like watching, next video, 45 minutes. It's gonna be more dense. It's gonna be more, there's gonna be more stories, right? It's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. There's gonna be less ums. There's gonna be more stories, less ums. It's gonna be incredible. So I think it's gonna be important for me to start off, start off low actually. Start off with just a five minute or 10 minute or, and sometimes I ramble, but I just wanna make sure that I make a video that next time I don't have to live up to uh, a cre- I mean one of my last vlogs I did was one of my best vlogs where I just did it on the first try one thing I do when I vlog is I will always I don't like going off of a script because I don't like sounding unnatural that's just how I live my life but when I did that video everything just flowed out the first time and normally what I do is I record the first 10 minutes four or five six times just to just to get my orating right, just to make sure that my my diction is proper, that I'm clear headed, that I'm fleshing out my ideas properly, I don't run into any roadblocks mentally, and that helps a lot. But uh, but uh, in general, I like to just freestyle it because I think that it sounds the most natural, and I think that's important. I like raw, uh, long and uncut. You know who doesn't love raw, long and uncut? So what we're gonna do here is just to kick off whatever the fuck we're gonna do next is just answer some questions on Twitter, freestyling them and answering them kind of as quickly as possible, just like shootout, you know, just boom, 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 boom. So I think I liked some of the ones that I think were really, okay, so here's the first one from at MTB snipe 88, snip 88. What's it like working with top names in esports? is a fucking pleasure. I will tell you that, it's amazing. There's a lot of people that I work with that I was either fans of or that I, uh, that maybe I wasn't a fan of, but I've just watched so much of them online and then getting to meet them in person and find out who they are as people when you interact with them. You know, my, sometimes my expectations are blown away. Sometimes I just have a completely different opinion. Almost every time though, I've been either impressed or satisfied or just happy and uh, have learned something from these people. So honestly, working with top names in esports has been uh, amazing. It's been, it's been really, really cool. And there's a lot to a lot to learn from everybody, and I've also found an appreciation for somebody as that person, and then also an appreciation for certain people as their as as they are as an analyst or, cast or a player. You know, um, there are different. What's an example? I don't know. So like, uh, who's a Valda was as a player on Heroic who is just this doesn't have a big brand. He doesn't. He isn't a like a a top name he's an up-and-coming player plays extremely well but you don't get a lot of exposure out of him so you don't know what he's like but as soon as I met him at an event he pulled me aside and was like, hey, man, if you want to know anything about Dangerous CS, if you want to dispel any of the rumors, like, hey, man, I like your casting, I like what you talk about. If you need to know anything to help you become a better caster, just make sure you get everything right, like, ask me questions. And I sat down, I talked to him for, like, 20, 25 minutes just about all the questions I had pertaining to any teams that he knew, all the inside information that he uh wanted to talk about so that's a surprise you know that's a player that uh after dreamhack summer i tweeted at him yo great event man this guy this guy's going to be the next you know whatever big player in denmark and obviously that was a huge event where he did extremely well ended up being being true but i mean everybody knew it it was just it was just kind of congratulating him because he deserved it and then when i met him actually after dreamhack he just showed me that he was just this down-to-earth person you know he's in a, in the server he's a star player but in real life he's a down shocks is another person i met first interview that i ever did with him i told the story yesterday on my stream by the way yesterday's stream was sick i told the story yesterday on my stream it was i met shocks at uh mlg the major it was the major that was not actually the maybe the first time i met him but we did an interview and I remember, I was like, I asked him before. We everyone was just setting up the camera, and there's always this period when everything's getting set up. You like, you get the, you go up to the player and you talk to them, and you're like, yo, man, you want to, you know, talk to me for five, ten minutes do a little bit of an interview. I'd love to get to know your opinion on this, this and that. And then they're like, yeah, man. And then, okay, they come over with you. And then it's either this uh, awkward silence or you just talk about something. And so I always try to just talk about something because they, you know you got Taylor setting up the camera, taking his goddamn sweet time. And you you really have to kill five to 10 minutes sometimes. So I was like, yeah, so what do you what do you like to be called? Like, do you like to be called shocks? I mean, people, I have people who send me emails Calling business executives from big companies, calling me launders because they don't know that my name is Mohan, and I I was so it's just like you know this is just the name we chose for ourselves. A lot of people know us, but no one knows that his name is Richard Papillion, Papillion Papillion whatever right? It's 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 uh just he's got a real name. Nobody knows that. So I was like, do you like being called Shocks or do you like being called? And he said that he really appreciate. He said that Shocks. Is this uh, this star player, personality, extremely good, IGL entry fragger, top fragging, you know, person who always has impact, and and, and I was like, and, and then he said, you know, that's that's who I am in the in the game, but I like to be called Richard, because I'm just a person. Now please tell me that isn't the sweetest thing that you've heard today, because. Honestly, what is more humanizing than hearing somebody say that, who you regard as this superstar player? When you see him on camera, he's always looking mad cool with this fucking, you know what I mean? He's always looking really cool. He is a really cool person too, but he's actually very also uh, warm and uh, maybe he's, maybe some he's not but he's probably confident but still just a down to earth figure. And, and that's a really cool thing about getting to go to these events and meeting these people in person. Sometimes people who have uh, 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 RB, RB, uh, RBF, resting bitch phase, are actually not like that at all, and it's just their face, you know. So that was a really that was a really eye opening experience, and that, that happens quite often working in esports. So it is really cool, and that was a little bit long for that question, but it's a good question. Thank you, MTB Snip88 so how did boxer this is by captain canada eight how did boxer get involved in the smash industry or how was boxer conceived okay so boxer i when i started when we started boxer and actually i haven't made a video about this but you guys i just i turned my personal brand boxer b-o-x-r with the sickest logos in esports sickest logo in esports buy a shirt we make our own shirts boxer.gg there it is beautiful fucking logo made of myself we we, I, I, It used to be my name, this is a short story because I've told this story before, it used to be my name, my name used to be Boxer, and then when I first started my first team with my friend Eon, we are like, we needed a team name and a logo, and I was like, you know what, I just made this logo for myself for Steam, because I'm a huge branding guy, I always make logos for myself, why don't we just make that the logo, I was a nobody, why don't we just turn it into Team Boxer, I'll just change my name to something, and then I made my name Launders out of nowhere. It doesn't mean anything it's just phonetically i like how it looks and sounds and i wanted a name that sounded like you were talking to your that's how i came up with the name Ugh, launders but that's that was how boxer was conceived it was that and then it just was my personal brand on my stream instead of ha- having launders gaming i was like Ugh, launders Gaming. who wants to buy a launders gaming shirt right so we're gonna we're gonna make it boxer because that's cooler to have a extra it boxers like uh, the corporation and i'm the the, the sole proprietor. So I have that as the. And then I was like, you know, it doesn't really have an identity though. If it was Launders Gaming, it would have made a lot more sense, but people always be like, what is the boxer? And to me, it's just, it's the personal brand. It's the community, right? But it's hard to explain. So we made it into an org to give it more identity. And then we picked up a Smash player. And this connects to the first part of the question. How, was, how did Boxer get involved in Smash? And because I started uh, obsessively watching Super Smash Brothers Melee. Obsessively, I haven't missed a tournament in two years, I'd say. So as soon as I figured out Twitch and that people were playing this game competitively, which I had no idea about until I started playing CSGO, I uh, basically just jumped, jumped in with two feet, haven't missed a fucking tournament since. And uh, I was like, man, I really want to get involved with this community. This is a community where they have players who do not make enough money, okay? This is one of the hardest games you'll ever play in your life. If you've ever learned how to play Super Smash Bros. Melee, you will realize that this is not a game that will come out purposefully ever again. Okay, no game comp- company will ever make an eSport as difficult as this on purpose. Games like StarCraft can be as difficult, and uh, you know a lot of games can be difficult, but a lot of the stuff in this game certainly would have gotten patched over the years. Um, or or changed and and slowed down at least somewhat, and you can see that difference in Smash Four, for example. That doesn't have half of the technical, the tech. It's called tech, but it's all these you know, it's these uh, sequ- sequential key inputs that allow you to do something that makes the game speed up and gives your player a player who knows what they're doing an advantage. A lot of this tech wouldn't be. A, it's a very hard game, but it's not supported by Nintendo, and so a lot of these players. They, they, uh, what's cool about the community is that they make their own tournaments, but a lot of these players don't make a lot of money because there aren't, isn't a lot of viewership because they don't have a lot of infrastructure. So I decided I wanted to get involved in a game that I love, um, and Smash is one of those games. And I wanted to help out this community because I think their community is fantastic. And I started, uh, and I picked up uh, Zoo, who's a, f- a fucking awesome, awesome guy who uh, is a Smash player. He's been a Smash player for a long time. He works for Smash GG which is a really great site that helps, that helps build the infrastructure of the community, which is amazing, by the way, just that whole topic alone of how Smash holds itself up by its own community. You cannot pull the rug out from under Smash. You can pull the rug out from under anyone in any game, even Valve games where people run their own tournaments. As soon as people saw that Valve was no longer supporting the game, there would be less than a quarter of the support. But in Smash, there is no one to pull the rug out because Nintendo already doesn't even help. Out with uh, with any games that uh, any tournaments that Melee makes in any meaningful way. Like if they disappeared completely, it wouldn't matter. Is what I'm trying to say. So we picked up Zoo. Now it's Boxer Zoo, and uh, he represents us at at uh, tournaments, and it's it's awesome. And hanging out with him is awesome, and getting more involved, and meeting more Smash people is fantastic, and that's why I want to get into that. Now the next, that was Thank you, Captain Canada Eight, for that question. Event prep would be the main thing, and maybe some stuff about boxer. Okay, so we talked about some stuff about boxes from insights G at insights G. Event prep would be the main thing. So for me, I actually don't focus on event prep per se. The first day is always the hardest in events for me. It depends, however, if I'm an analyst, I do more preparation. Uh, Per match and also coming into the event to make sure I have all my uh, facts straight because number one, there's a lot more time on the desk that is that was that was that is meant to be time where you you kind of have to come up with stuff which is not a bad thing that's something that you know you get hired to do and also you should be able to talk about there's lots to talk about in counter-strike right but it can get the conversations can run dry if you don't actually prepare and come up think about interesting things to talk about so it's important to have your stats straight if you ever want to reference them and so a lot of it consists of going on like uh going on hltv checking out checking out some stats to give you context and concrete facts and and then uh all the all the player stuff, like what I know about this player and stuff, that that's shit that I get hired for. You know, that's that's stuff I understand better than most people. That's stuff I, I know and I already like have years of watching games to go and, and grab for my memory, right? That's part of the reason I get hired, and then the stats to supplement that. So I spent a little bit of time before every game looking at the previous this matchup. The history on this on this matchup how a certain player plays a spot on a map this is stuff that i think about and it takes some time to to prepare before i go into either a death segment or even as a color caster but as a color caster i love color casting because you get to focus on in-game live analysis which in my opinion is the uh, best version of analysis like the most satisfying gratifying for me at least where you get to actually talk about what people are doing now uh, for me, the history and stuff, it's, it's important and it's uh, great. And you have people like Thorne who are incredible at being able to reference and pull up stuff about the history of rounds between teams and talk, and from there, predict what might happen next. But for me, I, I feel like I excel at and I really enjoy picking apart what's happening now in the server. So I love being able to live analyze games for that reason. And I don't focus too much on thinking about what to say beforehand. I pull it out from what I'm looking at I'm very confident in doing so, and uh, okay. So that's that's one one question there. So the next one is from our man's our man's boxer zoo. asks how how do you ca- how to cast? Funny behind the scenes casting slash production slash player stuff perspective of other games and events. So we did talk a little bit about perspective of other games and events like Smash, for example. I used to play StarCraft back in the day. Maybe we answer this question a little bit backwards um my perspective of other games and events i uh like i hold smash in this in this in this high regard as this game that's again hold, holding itself up by its community and a very unique in that way and that's why i love to throw my kind of not throw my hat in the ring but be a part of be a part of that community and help support it as one of the people who is coming into esports without a million dollars and just and 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 trying to help out from the perspective of somebody who just likes playing games and likes watching play, people play games and wants to make sure that the future involves Uh, players having a realistic opportunity to get salaries and live off playing games no nothing breaks my heart more than seeing a player play a difficult game that people love and not make enough money to only do that then they have to go work their fucking nine-to-five that is such bullshit to me so that is the one thing that I think I really really care about maybe the most honestly and uh, other esports you know there are what do we we got overwatch dota And I guess there's a lot to talk about in each game, but I guess in general, what I would say is that I love... What looking at these games to learn more about how to look at esports as a whole, and also draw parallels and 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 trends and growth, so that I can understand what might happen next in Counter Strike, and what might happen next for me, and how I should position myself. So I'll look at you now the fact that Ti, the Dota is a game that's owned by Valve, and they have Ti, which is this major tournament funded by, and th- or like not funded, funded by the community, but the 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 crowdfunding is orchestrated by valve and i i think about like how that affects the the game as a whole and and what that results in you know whether or not that would be a good thing for cs for example is something i think about and obviously there are pluses and minuses and i think there are some more minuses and i think it's cool that happens in dota but it's probably not best that it happens in all games and then um you know there's like overwatch and i guess i have one interesting thought about overwatch and that's that in Counter Strike we don't have we don't have cosplaying, and cosplaying is a great way to involve women in esports. And I say that because no matter how how easy it is for anybody to buy, go to Best Buy, pick up a pre-made, plug it into their wall, turn on their computer, and play some games. A lot of girls don't play esports or games in general. That's just the way it is, for whatever reason. And and, and cosplaying is a huge industry that they have in like League of Legends and Overwatch that have houses that build. Co- this is a an industry, you know. This is an esports industry, and there's like cosplaying is a whole other world and another way for and a, a way for women to to get in, that women like to. Get involved with in in games and and beyond that there is you know, lore for every one of the characters in Overwatch or League of Legends or Dota and and we don't have that in Counter Strike you know so there's people who are g- great 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 at deciphering. Uh, what might be hard for somebody like me to decipher when it comes to the backstory or might be more interested in that and be able to come up with cool different types of content based on it counter-strike we don't have that you know we have a terrorist model a ct model different countries that they fight in like it's it's very limited in that sense and, and and that's something that i kind of wish that we had so i like that uh, Overwatch has that, and then you see a game like, and just to continue on this train of thought about different games, we have Quake Champions coming out, right? And I think that there's going to be a focus on in Quake Champions on having different roles and characters, and then probably lore for each of those characters and and they all have different abilities to satisfy the different types of people that might play them whereas in counter-strike everybody sets off on the same foot and you can all buy the same guns and you just got to work together to figure out what the best composition is but nothing is set in stone there is no truly best composition everything is very loose everyone's got a frag you know um so i think that is kind of cool and i wish we did have that and i think about that so those are some things i think about when i see new games but it's they're different games, so I don't necessarily think. Just think of everything from the perspective of what could, how could Counter Strike be better? I just think about how cool some of the other stuff in other games are, and what I wish, what I wish we had, and what I think is cool that we have that other games don't. Um, funny behind the scenes casting, uh, production, and player stuff. What has had? There was one thing that I mean, this was one of the funnier moments when I was at I was at DreamHack Austin, and if you guys remember. There was a situation where I got, I got, um, I streamed a match versus Cloud9, which just made made just make it fast. Rest in peace, best pug team to ever, ever hop in a server. But we played a match versus Cloud9 for a game, game world cyber whatever the fuck. There's so many fucking tournaments that all call themselves the world champion cyber league. All star, whatever, whatever, the fuck. You know what I mean? They give themselves the most grandiose titles, even though they have shit prize pools and awful production. But either way, we entered this tournament to see if we was a qualifier for the Lithuania land finals. Took a map off client. i Ended up on the. Th- we took a map off Kana. We took about the OT or something. And then the second map was Cat. And then we were like, it was right in the beginning of the game. And they told me I had to turn off my stream. And I and I said. Uh, uh i was just like fucking with them because we were just playing as a pug and we were doing great but we were like i don't like what the fuck you telling me to turn off my my stream like i have uh I, this is i'm streaming counter-strike i'm not streaming i'm not re-streaming your fucking casters watching the game that i'm playing i'm streaming my own POV, view my camera my overlays my team comms and a game that you don't fucking own get off my back you know and i didn't really express that i was just more like uh trolling them so they um they ended up banning me and at first they were like turn off your stream i was like okay and uh i just to turn off my turn off my stream i actually turned off my stream just to ask my team if i could turn it back on and if they cared or not because they thought it was bullshit too and i was like we'll get banned if i keep streaming it was like do you care if i turn it back on and they said yes so i turned it back on and then we got banned so <laughs> whatever um i think a lot of people don't know that but uh that was that, that was something funny that happened and, and when I went to DreamHack Austin I met one of the production staff at DreamHack Austin and he's like hey man I'm the guy that banned you in the Azubu, in the Azubu game and uh, oh yeah so I was streaming a game on Twitch that they had streamed on Uzubu and Azubu said they had rules and that was all bullshit they just I was stealing all their viewership because they couldn't run a stream properly it looked awful caster sucked, etc but um, I met this guy and he said i was the one who banned you he said that i think he only told me because he said that he was the one who was told to ban me so he literally banned me but he didn't actually choose to or decide to or want to so it was kind of funny and we're you know friends but uh that was that was something that was something funny that happened let's uh there's um Let's see. There's there's definitely other ones that I might there might I have to dedicate because after parties are fucking awesome in esports. At least in Counter-Strike or Twitch after parties are fucking awesome. There's always so many funny fucking things. And I will say there are a lot of CS:GO players that cannot hold their liquor. Okay, there were tons of them out there that uh, that cannot keep it down. So um it's kind if of, it's it is it is pretty funny sometimes going to these events and seeing these players acting differently than their streams or just when you meet them or you see them in a video or whatever <laughs> they're just drunk off their face and and uh and uh acting a fool Maybe we'll say that for another time but uh and uh let's see so the other one is uh, how to cast I think this might be the last. The last question actually and i can go ahead and refresh this thread and see if there's any other good questions that's pretty much the best thing oh how did you get into cat hold on there might be another one here so zoo's third third part of the question is how to cast and casting is actually quite a fucking difficult job i think only since only since three months ago did i even start liking listening to my own casts And some people might find that crazy. I've always found it perplexing myself because I've always been very confident in liking things that I do. But because I don't have control over casting, right, I go in live, I talk, I go back, watch the VODs, and then I see what I did wrong. I can't actually deal with the finished product. I see, I always come out of events, look at my VODs and go, holy fuck, that was awful. You know, like I could have done way better. And... I'm the kind of guy I listen, I like, I fucking, I was proud of the rapping I used to do. I was proud of it. I like finished it off. I put it online because it, I thought it was good. You know, when I finished the product, I thought it was good, but the casting is something that I never was able to, um, to, to edit the product and make sure it was good review it before I finished it. So on and so on. But after a while I started, I always watch my VODs after to practice and, um, I think the main main takeaways and and things that I've learned recently, or most recently, that has helped me push it over the edge to the point that I actually feel like I am me when I cast now, and that's something I've always strived for. And it's it's harder harder said than done, harder said than done is to. Um, easier said than done, is to. Is to have the same confidence that you would when you're in a moment where you're fucking, where you're wild, where you got that fire in you, and you're talking to your friends, and you're very comfor- comfortable and confident, and having a great time, and bringing that into a situation where you're forced to bring that out in front of an audience, in front of a hundred thousand viewers, with a chat going crazy and a ton of people behind you screaming their asses off for their favorite teams, all live. You know, that is the that is just a, a confidence that is confidence, you know, and confidence comes with experience. Some people are born with it. But for me, it comes with comes with experience almost every time. And it's something that I've had to get better at. But just opening my mouth and enunciating and really just being in the moment and not getting distracted by what people are thinking or who's saying what or what am I saying? Like just not forgetting about all of that and just talking like, I'm the only person in the room, and I'm, and I'm getting across my excitement, and then watching my cast back after that has really, really, really changed the game for me. And that was so, It's just it was just a matter of jumping in with two feet, and I didn't know it for a long time. And I didn't realize I wasn't doing it for a long time. You know, I thought I had to kind of craft this person who was a good caster and watch things that I said, but, uh, you know, you're not hired at that point unless you have it in you. So if I mean, people might talk to you and see it in you, but then you go into the go into the to the match and then you're a different dude. It's like that's not what they wanted. You know, that's not what they wanted at all. And uh, how to cast that's that's kind of an answer to that. That's how you answer that question, I think. It's it's just to be yourself as best as possible and a little bit more a little bit more just a little bit more energy that's why they're giving you the money okay you can do it cuz you love it and then they give you the money so you got to turn it up just a little bit more okay and it's not fake it's just it's just when you do things on camera they need to be enunciated they need to be bigger you can move you know uh if you're going to if you're going to make a face at somebody it needs to be an exaggerated face you know you have to really show your emotion because of the camera so that's that's broadcast life, and you just that's just something you have to learn as after being in the industry a little bit, and also the you know, the enunciating and the and the clarity of thought is it comes with confidence and experience, and uh, I'd say that is the main thing with how to cast and uh, finding your style. And now now that I like my own cast, if somebody says something about my before when I used to watch my own cast, if somebody would say something about my cast, I would be like very upset because I know that I also don't like it and so I feel like they like this version of me that I don't even agree with but that they think I like and so I'm very upset because there's nothing I can do about that right there's nothing I can do about that opinion let me take a second but uh, you can you can you can unpack that this guy has it reads this guy posts a comment and says I hate this casting and then I read that and I go in my head I didn't like that either but he doesn't know that and now I'm I can't respond to him and be like I didn't like it either So that doesn't make sense you know you said it <laughs> you said it that was you but uh, the only and the only answer is this to get better get to a point where you like your own cat and now that I like it when I read a comment I go ah, I don't care because I'm confident in myself so I don't care you know I i if it's really me and someone is like I don't care <laughs> because I'm my biggest fan and and my biggest detractor so the only opinion the most most important opinion not the only opinion but the most important opinion is mine some people aren't like that I am like that I, if I like something that I made it don't really matter what you think in my opinion if you don't like it you have a bad opinion so um, I think it's important to have a thick skin in that sense but the only way it works is if you actually like what you do so that was my biggest struggle over the last couple of years was making a, a product and casting that was something that I liked and uh, I've finally gotten there, and I still have to improve, but I'm just happier now, I actually enjoy it, I look forward to it, I want it, I want to cast, I like it, so that was, um, that's, that's kind of how to, how to cast from my perspective, a lot of people have different ways of getting there, and different views on what's good and what's not, but in my opinion, you just have to like yourself, and uh, like what, like what you're doing. But I think, you know what? That's it. That's it. all the questions we got. So that's great. We got a Q- Twitter QA. I don't know how many fucking minutes this is. It probably went way over what I thought I would. I think we're up to 32. But yeah, man, I rambled. Anyways, thank you for watching. I will do more content, vlog stuff. Put to- I'll try to do more. Just, just try to pour it out, okay? I want to do stuff more off the cuff. Tweet me, tweet me stuff. Follow me on Twitter, please. Like, I would rather have $100,000 than a new house. Okay, seriously. This is the international esports currency. It is the most important for me to get anything, either to have a have a sponsor or to get a better style. Anything, everything is relates back to my Twitter followers in my opinion. If I go to a new game, you know, all I see is their Twitter followers. It's the inner, universal current. So please please follow me on Twitter if you want to support me. I would really appreciate it. All my tweets are fire, by the way. So just fucking like get on that, okay? You could be the guy who retweets it in the first ten seconds. You wanna be that dude? Follow me at botlaunders, follow me on Twitter. And tweeting topics, and uh, that's that's all I got. So that was uh, this esports life Twitter Q and A. Peace out.